Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Hey, Real Life. Man, welcome to church online this Sabbath Sunday. Man, I'm excited you're here. And I want to encourage you, if you need some spiritual passion, you need some hope, you need some encouragement, well, guess what? This is the day. You found the right place. Uh, I'm just glad we didn't have to set up or tear down. You got a week of rest. And I want to encourage you, this is for somebody today. You need to hear this right now. Man, as God has seen us through 2020, God's been with us every step of the way. And today we're going to end with some spiritual fire, some encouragement, some passion that God is with us. And so we're going to do this. We're going to sing a few songs, give you some next steps, and we're going to finish our series, Wait No More. Come on, let's worship God right now. He's going to fill this place. Let's give it to him this Christmas season.
time of worship. And God is calling us to end 2020 strong, isn't he? That's, let me say that again. He was calling us to end 2020 strong. And God's calling us to wait no more. He's given us a passion and a purpose. We're going to take what 2020 took from us and we're going to go into 2021 strong. We're just going to be like God doing the visions of uh, the dry bones in Ezekiel. We're going to, he's going to give us life and we're going to move forward with purpose. And we're going to give God all the honor and worship because he deserves it. He's the only one that's good. He's the only one of worth. So let's give it up for God this morning. Let's let him know how much we care about him, how much we love him. Big round of applause, big shout of praise, throw out some hearts, throw out some likes. Man, we are excited on this last gathering of 2020 here at Real Life. So I wanna welcome you guys and just thank you so much for coming and joining us on this gathering. And for those of you who are new, I want you guys to hear a word from Real Life. We believe that you belong here and I wanna say welcome home from us. And just thank you so much for following along online. So Real Life, can we give everybody that is following along just some hearts, some likes, let them know how much we care about them in the comment section. And again, we are so excited for you. We wanna connect with you. We wanna help you in any way that we can. And so what we have for you is a digital communication card that I wanna invite you to fill out. And you can do that by two ways. First one is you can text RLNEW to 97000, or if you look in the comment section, there's gonna be a link that pops up. And when you fill out this short form, what we'll do is we'll have a, a net connection team member reach out to you over the phone, just make you feel right here home at Real Life. And that's what our mission is here at Real Life is to help people far from God discover the real life and purpose in Jesus. That simply means is that, man, we are a church. If you've never, we're a church for you. If you've never gone to church or man, it's been a long time, you are in the right spot here at Real Life. And we want you to be with us. And that's what our, again, that's what our mission is about. And so you can join with us in this mission by doing something really simple today. And it's this, click that share button. Man, when you click that, you're gonna reach out and you're gonna connect somebody to the mission here at Real Life and the message of hope that they're gonna to hear today. And it's gonna make all the difference in the world. You, know, you might not even know who it is. So just do that one little thing, be on mission with us this Sunday and click that share button and make that difference in somebody's life today. Man, I am encouraged. I'm so excited about the message that you guys are getting ready to uh, hear. I'm so excited about the generosity moment right after the message is for the heart for the house. It is going to be so powerful. It is going to be so awesome to see what God does with this generosity that you guys have. So before Pastor Sean comes up, would you guys take just a quick second with me and let's pray for God just to use this generosity. God, we just come before you and God, just thank you for this ability to come before you. God, just thank you for the ability to worship you this morning. Man, I want to lift up every person that is following along online here at Real Life. God, I pray that through the message today that they have a renewed sense of purpose, a renewed sense of urgency just to follow what you have for them in their lives. God, just take this, uh, just take this time and this moment to be honored. And God, we just thank you again for who you are and we lift up all these things in your name, amen. All right, as Pastor Sean's getting ready to come up, here's what I want you guys to do. Take this moment, find somebody in the comment section, somebody you haven't seen for a long time, maybe somebody you've never seen before. Let them know how much you care about them. Just give them some hearts, give them some likes. And man, I can't wait for this awesome message, the last one we have for Wait No More. Nice work, Barry. Nice work. Come on, find somebody. Tell me you love them. It's your chance. Better see some stuff happening on that social media right now. Come on. Hey, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. And I uh, hope you had a blessed one with your family. And uh, man, we're gearing up for 2021. I know you guys are all excited that this year is coming to an end. Well, we're finishing our series, and uh, we're doing this whole thing on uh, waiting. 
So COVID season has been nothing but waiting and waiting and waiting. And so in this season, man, we're going to talk about taking some spiritual passion, uh, gearing up, uh, taking some back for 2020, just being focused on God. And I'm excited about the topic of today. This might be the most important talk, uh, topic we talk about the whole year. How can we say that as pastors, right? Since it's the last time of the year. Um, but I'm excited about this. And I, I want to say something. There's nothing more exciting and invigorating than playing the part of the story of God. And so today we're going to talk about the blessing of generosity. That's right, the blessing of generosity. And uh, I want to see if you guys are with me. All right, you got to be excited about this. So if you're on Facebook, church online, I want to see some hearts, man. You're excited about generosity. Get some hearts, get some likes. I mean, you better fill that screen. Come on. And if you haven't shared this content yet, it is not too late to share this content. It's one of the best ways to reach people, reach so many people in this season. But I want to tell you about the blessings of generosity. And uh, the Bible says this, it's more blessed to give than receive. It's more blessed to give than receive. You know, back when the COVID shutdown started, uh, back in March and April, we did something really cool. Uh, we had these Give Hope boxes. And uh, you guys remember these? Some of you guys filled this uh, with items of blessing, uh, so maybe some snacks, some food, some toiletries, if you could find some toilet paper. And we passed these out to people in the community. It was really cool. There's this family uh, that heard about these boxes, and they said, you know what? Give us all the boxes. This family, uh, we'll call it the Jones family. That's not the family's name, uh, but just call it the Jones family. They said, give us all the boxes. And they took the boxes, and they labeled them with all these stickers. Uh, there's 1,500 stickers to put on all these boxes, okay? Uh, and they separated them into bundles uh, to be passed out to different people. They took the list uh, of everybody that was going to get a box and begin to distribute them and distribute them in their own neighborhood and took some ownership in this. And it was amazing because hope was being spread. Uh, somebody would get this on their doorstep and then they would fill it up and pass it on to the next person. And hope was going through the community. Uh, we, we made it uh, on social media. Different people are posting. Uh, there's different stuff out there. It's really cool. One of the things that happened is uh, Diane, my wife, she had called to the Benton house and we're calling them to ask the help in different other areas. And she talked to the activity director. Never had this conversation before. And a lady heard our church name. She said, real life church? I know about your church. My parents have got a Give Hope box. Uh, they live in a 65-year-older kind of community. And they're afraid to go out in COVID. And uh, somebody had filled it full of fresh fruit, oranges, uh, some snacks. And they said this uh, about your church to me. And they passed on to us. They said, your church was an answer to prayer. Man, how cool is that to be blessed in that way? And I'm not saying the blessing for the lady that received the box. I'm saying about the blessing for the, the blessing for the family that took all these boxes and began to label them. The blessings for the, the Jones family. We want to be a part of that story. Man, we love to bless other people. Who doesn't want to be a part of blessing somebody else? You know, there comes a point in your spiritual life where it's more about blessing somebody than receiving something for yourself. It's more blessed to give than receive. I mean, this is what we do. We just lead the way with irrational generosity. You know, it isn't, isn't normal that people are generous. Uh, just because we give doesn't mean that we're generous. Uh, it's not normal for people to put somebody else above themselves. And so the Bible mentions the topic of money and possessions over 2,000 times. Why? Why does Jesus talk about it so much? Because Jesus knows that the number one competition for your heart is money and stuff. That the number one competition for your life is what's in your wallet. That this is going to compete for your heart. And so Jesus talks about a lot. Generosity is what we do, uh, but we're in competition. So there couldn't be a more important topic to talk about for spiritual passion and way no more than generosity. You know, we're tempted to fall into a cycle of scarcity. 
are tempted to fall in the cycle of where we get money and we consume and then we lack and then we're afraid and then we consume and lack and we're afraid and we fall in the cycle and it repeats and repeats and repeats. And this scarcity cycle doesn't start in our wallet. It starts in our mind. And there's a story I want to share with you. It's found in the Bible and it's the feeding the 5,000. And what's crazy about this number, this number is just the men. Okay, that's all it recorded. So there's most likely 15 to 20,000 people, including men, women, and children. And it's found in Mark chapter 6, verse 34. It says this, When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they're like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so the disciples came to him in this remote place, they said, and it's already very late. So send the people away so they can get, get to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Man, the disciples' solution to feeding the 5,000 was to send them all home. It was a great message, Jesus. You did a great job. Everybody's hungry. Chick-fil-A doesn't deliver on a Sunday, Jesus. So let's just send these people back to the villages. That's our solution. We could go buy something. And so Jesus, he gives them this answer. And he says, you give. This is what we do. You give them something to eat. He said to the disciples that they would take more than the disciples said to him, it would take more than half a year's wages, and that we could go and spend that much on bread and give them something to eat. Now, I was thinking about this idea that the disciples looked at Jesus and said, Well, are we really going to spend that much money on just this? I began to think about who may lead the disciples and maybe kept the money, and uh, maybe Judas suggested <laughs> that we shouldn't go spend this money on these people. But Jesus begins to ask this question, He's going to ask us today. He says, What do you have? And so he asked the disciples, how many loaves do you have? He said, go and see. When you find out, they said, they had five, five loaves and two fish. You know, the scarcity mindset always says this. There's not enough. There's no way we can accomplish this. I just don't have what it, and it need to take to get this job done. This is what the disciples did in John 6. says, Philip answered him, being Jesus. And he said, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another disciple, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, well, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far would that go among so many? I mean, Jesus, would this really feed all these people? And Jesus' answer would be this, there is more than enough. There's not just enough. There's not a scarcity. There is more than enough. And this is what happened in Matthew 14, 20. It says they all ate, all 20,000 people ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. But I love this, that Jesus was questioned whether it would be enough. And so what he did is say, I want all you guys and disciples to grab a basket and go pick up the leftovers. Come on. Jesus knows there's going to be enough. And he made the point loud and clear that there is an abundance in God's world. See, scarcity asks the question, what can I afford? And abundance asks the question, what do I have? So you have what it takes to make a difference now. It may not be in your bank account. And this may be with your gifting. And maybe you have a home and you can let somebody come in. And, and maybe you have a car and you can give somebody a ride. Maybe you're a mechanic and you can fix something for somebody else. You have what it takes to make a difference in this season. You have what it takes to be generous. See, scarcity says this. Uh, when a bank account gets bigger and my salary gets higher, then I can afford to be generous. And it's a complete backwards. It's not, see, scarcity says, it's, I don't have it yet. Where generosity says, I have something now. I already have what it takes. And so don't minimize Jesus when you have just a little because God is the God that is excessive, extravagant, and the God of enough. He took a sack lunch from a little boy 
and 12 men didn't believe he could do it and proved to the whole group of disciples and these people that he has enough and is going to give you even more than enough. See, God wants you to wait no more in this season. God wants us to be extravagant with our generosity. And one of the best ways to get your passion back is to play a part of the story of God. I'll tell you what, it's so much fun playing a part of the story of God. Whether you're holding the broom or the microphone, whether you're painting something behind the scenes or you're holding a camera, it is so much joy and passion comes from playing just a small part of the story of what God is doing. So I believe God's calling us to do a few things today. First thing is this, God's calling us to give spontaneously. God's calling us to give just when you see that thing happen and just moves your heart and you're like, you know what, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to give towards that. And that's how most of us give in this season. During the COVID shutdown, so many guys stepped up in so many different ways to give in that season just spontaneously. And then there were tornadoes to strike or hurricanes or tsunamis or you're driving down the road or somebody has a GoFundMe on social media. And you guys give that and your heart's moved and you give. And I think about the story of the Good Samaritan in the Bible. I mean, if you don't know the story, there's a Jewish man who was beaten and left for dead on the side of the road. And there's religious leaders, this, this priest and, and, a, and a temple helper who come walking by and they pass by on their side because they're just too busy to help this person who's dying in the ditch. And this Samaritan shows up and he has compassion on this person in the ditch. And the Samaritan, he didn't come prepared to help somebody that day. He, he, didn't, he didn't have a plan to say, you know what, I think I'm going to find somebody in the ditch today. He, he was just willing. He was just available to be used by God, just spontaneously jumped in to serve God. See, the Samaritan person, he didn't probably carry an extra bag full of bandages. He used his own stuff. He gave his own money. He already had the right equipment, and he shared it with somebody else. This is what Jesus says about him in Luke chapter 10. He says, the next day he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper. He said, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. See, the Samaritan was available. I mean, he was willing. He wanted to serve in this season. If we look around us, there's a need we can meet right now, just spontaneously. You can see something in front of you. God's put a story. God's put a person. God has put something in your life that you can serve and give to. You know, think about Martin Luther King. He has an amazing quote, and I've said this, and I'll just continue to say this every time I preach this passage. It's so powerful. But he talks about the Levite and the, the priest and these religious leaders that leave this person for dead. He said, the question to ask himself is, if I stop to help this person, what will happen to me? What's going to happen to my life? What's going to happen to my time schedule? What's going to happen to my money? And the difference is the Samaritan, when he saw that person, he asked a different question. He said, if I don't stop to help this person, what will happen to him? And I think about this open-handed question. Like, the, I'm going to put somebody above myself because ultimately we like to do this. Like say, well, it's, it's my time. It's not, it's not their time. It's my time. You know, is it, is it my stuff or is it God's stuff? Is this my money or is it God's money? Is this my house or is this God's house? And a lot of times we want to hold on to the, all this stuff and all these things in our life, but God is calling us to be generous. God's calling us to be spontaneous. God's calling us to give. Not, not something till we wait till we have something. Give what you have already. You have enough to be generous and to bless people around you. You know, I think about us as a story of real life, how spontaneous generosity has launched our vision and launched our church. And when we first uh, started real life, we had really just put out on social media, told a few people, didn't ask anybody for money, and people began to give spontaneously to our church. So many of you today spontaneously showed up with a check before we did anything and said, I want to start this vision you have. I want to be a part of the story what God is going to write. You begin to give 
to our church our launch season. You know, I think about people being sick with COVID in this season. Some of you guys watching right now are going to give an amen. There's going to be some thumbs ups and hearts because you've experienced spontaneous generosity. You didn't ask somebody to go shopping for you. You didn't ask somebody to show up with a meal. You didn't ask somebody to pray for you or show up to your house. And you didn't ask somebody to send you the gift or the phone call. You didn't ask for all these things, but people have been doing it for you because they care for you and love you. You guys have done that so many people, so much Grubhub, come on somebody, has been gone around as people have been quarantined in their houses. You've shopped for people, you've bought them things. This is what we do as a church. You know, I think about families that need this Thanksgiving. The, the Jiggy Pig, the, the Jensen stood up and said, hey, if anybody needs a smoked turkey, come on, somebody. I'm going to bring a smoked turkey. And, uh, you know, me save those people from having to buy that meal, and they probably wouldn't have even bought it or have been the last few dollars they had to provide for their family on Thanksgiving. Uh, I think about tangible needs that we've met with uh, toiletries or furniture, people moving out of the belt and in the different places. I'm going to go on and on and on of the spontaneous generosity because this is what we do. This is who we are as Christians. You see an opportunity to be generous and we take it because that is what we do. But we don't only just give spontaneously. We just don't stop with spontaneous generosity. The second thing is this, we give strategically. We give with a plan. We give with a purpose. You know, some of you guys hear these stories of life change and thinking, man, I wish I could be a part of that. I wish I could do more. I hear all the time, I wish I had the funds. I wish I could do this. You can if you have a plan. If you're a little more strategic, you can give to God in better ways. See, strategic givers, they give to God first. A lot of times you want to give to God at the end of the list instead of the first of the list. And I just believe that you got to take the money right off the top. You just say, God, you're going to have my first fruits. This is the biblical principle. When God blesses you, you just return the blessing the person who gave it to you. You just take that first percentage and say, God, you can have my first fruits. Like, I'm not going to give you the drip at the end of the funnel. I'm just going to take it right off the top. And that's what we do. We, spontane- we strategically give off the top, every single time we get anything, God blesses us with. You know, it's the first area in your life. You strategically, prayerfully decide what to give. It's intentional. It's not an afterthought. It is planned on purpose. It's an act of worship. And I love what it says in Isaiah 32, 8. This is what it says about being strategic with your giving. It says, but generous people do what? What do they do? They plan to do what is generous. They plan to do it. And they stand firm in their generosity. See, most of us, our plan is to do what? There's no plan. We just want to spend it. Spend it, spend it, spend it. And we just take, take, consume. We claim it. Man, we think about this. In Jesus' name, I got my iPhone 12. Come on, somebody, right? Like I upgraded my house. I, I moved. A lot of people moving this season. Nothing wrong with having this stuff. But you know what? If you're not being generous to God, we're just saying, you know, God, I'm placing this, this. I just don't have any money for Jesus. And we buy a lot of toys. We've done a lot of remodels. We've done a lot of stuff in this whole season. That's great. And you should do that. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But we got to be strategic with what God has given us. We have a plan to consume, but we often have a plan to be generous to other people. You know, we're not called to be spiritual consumers and at, as a Christian, as Jesus follows. We're called to be spiritual contributors. Like we're going to give back and make a difference in the lives of people. We're going to give back and see what God can do because you have blessed somebody else. As a church, we don't exist for ourselves. We exist for the world around us. We exist for those people who aren't here. We exist for the people that are hurting, the people that are homeless, the people that are struggling, the people that need some hope in this season. That's why we exist. They're not going to get there without us being generous and donating to the cause. You know, what if we plan to make a bigger impact through our giving? What if you just increased your giving by 1%? Like what if you just did the math and said, okay, this year I'm going to do 11% instead of 10 What if we just, just up it a little bit? You know, what I found in my life is I give more and I'm strategic. Like if I'm not strategic, I'm giving less and I'm only giving when I barely have enough to make it by. 
You know, this small amount that's set aside for spontaneous giving. At the beginning of the year, we have a budget and we say, okay, this is where we're gonna give spontaneous giving. But you know, I go through the Taco Bell line, then when I upped it, you know, to another dollar, that's great, okay? But I wanna give the majority of my money on purpose, prayed for, intentional, and leveraged to make the biggest impact possible. I already know what I'm gonna give at the beginning of the year, all the way through the year. I've already planned it out. This is what I'm gonna do right off the top to make a difference. You know, Diane and I have a, have a giving plan. We sit down and say, this we're going to do every single month. We ACH our money from, a, from our bank account straight to real life. And we put you guys first. That's what we do. We don't go at the end and say, oh, can you make it? No, no. You guys are first. And all the generosity you guys have and contributions, man, we use wisdom with God's blessing. We steward every dollar intentionally on purpose. See, generous people have a plan to do with generous. They're strategic. You know, when we started real life, uh, we sold a rental property so that we could not have a salary. So for the first year of real life, I didn't pull a salary to serve as a pastor of the church. Uh, the first year of real life, we took the money from the sell of the property and invested it here at real life because we believed in the mission of the church. This is what we do. We give spontaneously, we don't stop there. We give strategically, and we don't stop there. In a season like COVID, man, we give sacrificially. There's people who need to be impacted in this season, and it's going to take a sacrifice to do it. Not just a sacrifice of the, the elite or the wealthy. No, it's a sacrifice of everybody. And I'm going to encourage you that the biggest gift doesn't come from the biggest donor the way we think about it. And one of the most powerful illustrations in the Bible is found in Mark chapter 12, verse 41. This is the story of Jesus watching people give. This is amazing. It starts in verse 41. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put, and watch the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Dude, this is creepy. Come on. That Jesus was sitting there watching the giving box in the back. Can you imagine me standing in the back? Like, what are you guys giving? But Jesus, he knows what you're giving is direct reflection of what is in your heart. He knows that our generosity is a reflection of our spiritual walk. And so he goes on to say this. says, many rich people, rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put only two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. And he called his disciples, come on, come on, come on. And he said, truly I tell you, this poor widow, this person living off of table scraps, has put more money into the treasury than any other person. He says, they all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty and put in everything, all she had to live on. You know what's real interesting to me about this passage is one that Jesus watched people give. That's incredible to think about, that Jesus is watching our hearts. Like Jesus is looking at us and saying, where is your heart today? And it's creepy, but he does. He wants to know where we're at. And the same thing that stands out to me is that Jesus didn't stop this lady. Like if I'm the pastor of that church and this lady comes to drop this money, I'm like, no, 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 we don't need that. God will take care of you, but the rich people can take care of this. You don't need to be a part of this, but God didn't stop her. God wanted her to have the joy of generosity. God was going to provide for her and he let her give her last two cents. This is what Jesus followers do. You know, I think back to 2011, I went on a trip to Africa and uh, we traveled all across Africa to these different centers. There's these humanitarian aid centers that are gospel focused. And uh, we went to a slum called Kamgwari. The slum has 200, 300,000 people that live in abstract poverty. Uh, what that means is they live on less than a dollar a day. So that'd be like taking a half a meal and pulling out the fries, and that's what they live on every single day. Uh, it's a place where there's, uh, there's no sewers, there's no clean water, the streets are dirt, and people just throw 
There's raw sewage down the streets. It's a place where people die from diarrhea, um, from dehydration, uh, from HIV. Uh, people that are struggling to live day by day. The average person ages a teenager and they're just barely making it through every single day. So you get a kind of picture of this giant area that's just what you think is the bleakest, darkest point in the world. And uh, what they did is they invited us at this vapor center to go out and eat a meal in somebody's house. And I'm like, there is no way that I'm going to let these people serve me because they don't have anything. Like, I'm a billionaire. I mean, the richest person in the world compared to what these people have. And he said, the, the leader of this ministry, Micah, he told us, he said, do not rob these people of a blessing to serve you. Because you guys made this center and you guys make a difference and they want to bless you and don't rob them of that blessing. And so we all kind of walked out into the slum to get a meal. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, like, this is so backwards. And so we come into the nicer part of the slum, which basically means that we're going to be in a, a concrete shanty. It's probably 10 foot by 12 foot. It's basically a kitchen, living room, if you can call it a kitchen, living room, okay, in this little space. It's got a shower, which is basically just a hole in the ceiling, and it's got a bucket on the ground to catch the water, and that's basically where they live. And this is the nicest place in the whole Kalamgari slum. And we sit down to this dinner fit for a king, and they cooked up all this meat, they had all this fruit, all this stuff. They spent so much money compared to what they had, and we sat down and ate with them. And I can remember the joy they had serving us. Like, I'm like, no way in the world should I be in this room and having this meal right now. And it's so humbling to be a part of that story. Now, can I just tell you, when's the last time that you know you made a difference in somebody's life? Like, when's the last time you had that feeling that you moved the needle spiritually? Like, when's the last time you had that feeling that when you gave, it made a difference in somebody's life? Like, you can do that. And that's my favorite thing to do is to give because I know that's multiplied, that generosity multiplies generosity. And when somebody's life is changed, I just get to play a small part of the story. And that's what you get to do today. That's the generosity we get to have here at Real Life as Christians. This is what we do. And so some of us, we're not gonna wait to be spontaneous. We're not gonna wait to be strategic. We're gonna be sacrificial with our giving to make a bigger impact. Man, I'll make this clear as possible and sincere as possible, man. I want you to be radically generous here at Real Life. I want our church to be radically generous. But I wanna encourage you, man, if you can't get behind the vision or the direction, or you don't think this is something you should give to, then don't give here at Real Life. Like give somewhere, give to some local church. But I wanna encourage you today, if you can get behind the vision, if you do believe in us, to get behind this. This is for everybody today. I mean, let's give to church. This is what we do. Can I encourage you uh, and share with you what we don't do? Uh, we don't pass the offering plate multiple times. Come on, somebody. Can you imagine being at church? Like, that wasn't enough money. Keep on passing it down the next row. No, do it again. Do it again. We've never done that. We never will do that. Uh, we have uh, the ability to be spontaneous and help people. We, we literally, I literally just wrote a check a little bit ago to help somebody else, and I don't go to you guys to take another offering because you guys strategically give so we can be spontaneous, so we can help other people, which is absolutely incredible. You know, something else we, we don't do here at Real Life is we don't take up special offerings. We, we never once said, hey, uh, you know, at, at this at this certain thing, we're going to take another offering because we have a need in the church. Uh, the trailer broke down, right? Uh, the speaker equipment broke or A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the things that happen behind the scenes. We don't do that because you guys have been strategic and God has blessed it and we've been wise with his resources. This is, But this is what we do. This is what we do here at Real Life. From day one, if somebody needed a place to stay or somebody need an immediate 
food, shelter, clothing. We've always allowed people to reach into our giving bucket and take out any amount of money they need to help themselves in need. We've done it every single time since day one. Uh, we, we do our budgets, we give 10%. And I mean, that's what we say we're gonna do, but we always do way more. We allocate 10% to missions and local outreach. And every year it's over 20% goes back to serve people in our community and across the world. When you guys give here, we're giving it back to other people. You know, Di and I, we try to lead this with our own lives. Uh, we're not asking you to do something we're not doing, uh, but we wanna give and we wanna model this for other people and inspire it for you, and then just steward what God has given us well and meet the needs of people and reach people for God. You know, since COVID started here at Real Life, we have brought hundreds of people hope by passing out these Give Hope boxes. There's 500 of these. We ordered these on March 31st. We're two weeks into a lockdown and we're trying to find a way to bring hope to the world around us. We've loaded tons and tons of food into cars uh, for people needing food for their families through heart and hand. Many of you guys participate in that. Uh, we've given thousands of dollars to help people with clean water and hygiene and relief to the slums across the world hit by COVID. We talked about those slums a little bit ago. Uh, we've sent Jonathan and Lexi Taylor as missionaries through Live Global to equip the global church and resource kingdom partners. Meant that they would magnify the name of Jesus in the darkest places of the world as an extension of our staff. Uh, we've given free professional counseling to anyone and everyone who needs it inside and outside the church. Anybody who's ever asked us for counseling, we've always pointed them to counseling and always paid for their counseling. Uh, we've done family counseling, counseling for mental health. We've done counseling for marriage. Um, we've done all sorts of stuff for many, many, many families this entire COVID season. Uh, we finished a GED room for heart and hand. We laid carpet, uh, did a little trim work, and uh, be, be able to open that space so people can finish their education. Uh, we've packed and transported boxes and boxes of food for families to pick up through the Belden Education Foundation for kids who weren't getting meals while school was shut down. We remodeled three pirate pantry spaces. Yeah, put that, three pirate pantry spaces. This is a $10,000 project. Uh, so that thousands of high schoolers and middle school kids in the Belton School District could have access to food and clothing. Uh, we have fully equipped and launched a digital campus during COVID. Uh, we had 700 new people that have a, a, uh, attended or like digitally attended our church and connected with us in the last eight months. Uh, we help people with their electric bills, water bills, gas bills, all sorts of different bills. Uh, we provided groceries, uh, Thanksgiving meals, endless Grubhub gift cards for people being quarantined. And we see people commit their lives to Jesus and rededicate their lives every single week. That's what we do here at Real Life. That's what your generosity does in this season. And can I encourage you that this is what we do, but are you a part of we? Is this what you do? Are you a part of this story? And that's the story that we're writing now, just with our current giving in this season. You know, I think of the Church of Jesus Christ, I think of a church that is sacrificially generous. Man, what would happen if we all said, you know what, I'm gonna be spontaneous. I'm gonna be strategic. I'm gonna be sacrificial with my generosity. What would happen to our city? What would happen to the spiritual landscape? What would happen to the suicide rate? What would happen to the homeless population? What would happen to leaders being developed? What would happen to the global missions if we said, I'm gonna give because God has given to me? Now, I wanna, I wanna unashamedly invite you to be a part of generosity. I wanna unashamedly invite you to move from you to we. That this is what we do and you're a part of this story. When you give here, that every one of those things I named, there's a smile on your face because you gave to part of that. And this is what Jesus wants us to do. It's found in Ephesians 3.20. It says, now to him who's able to do amazingly more 
than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory and the church and Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. I mean, we have no idea how God will use your generosity to impact the future. When you just sow the seed, it's not the amount, it's what your heart is behind it. And when you give here, you're just laying at the feet of Jesus and saying, just bless this in this season. As a Christian, man, this is what we do. I can't think of a better way, not just to end 2020, but to start 2021 with spontaneous, strategic, and sacrificial generosity. Father God, we come before you. God, I pray for people today, God, that they'd be moved. God, by the power of your spirit, God, that they would be generous. God, that we look past ourselves and we would have a culture of abundance. That we're not going to look at what we don't have. We're going to look at what we do have in our hands today. I want to pray for you guys today uh, that would say, you know what? I want to move the needle. Like, I, I want to be generous today. I want to be spontaneous. I want, I want to be strategic. I want to be sacrificial today. And if that's you, I want to pray for you today. Just put your hands out and just offer yourself to God just in surrender. Father God, I just pray for those that have surrendered life to you again, God, that they would just realize that this world is fleeting, God. And what we have, we don't hold on to. It's just passing through. God, everything we have is a gift from you. And so, God, I pray that you just bless those, God, that have the open heart to serve and to give, and not just of their finances, but their life. And God, the greatest thing we could ever surrender is ourselves. And so God, thank you for what you're doing in the life of our church. I thank you for 2020. You know it was the hardest year I've been through. We know you're moving. And there's so many people that need the message of hope. And this season has brought so many people to hope because of those who've been generous. So God, I pray for generosity to be poured out uh, through our church, to our community, to the world, and that people be saved and changed and forever different because of this moment. I pray for one more group of people today. And that's those of you who love to give your life to Jesus. They realize that Jesus... Uh, that we give because Jesus gave. Jesus gave himself for us. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus gave himself for us, and that's why we offer ourselves back to Jesus. What did Jesus do? Jesus died on the cross for us. He took all of our wrongs, just changed them all of his rights, and he set us free. They washed our sin away as far as the east is from the west. And the Bible says that anybody who calls the name of Jesus will be saved, forgiven, and made new. And maybe today you need Jesus. Maybe today you need to lay yourself down at the feet of Jesus and say, I believe in the Son of God. And if that's you, man, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Uh, maybe click on the link on the screen if you're on church online. But I want you to pray with this prayer with me and ask Jesus to come into your life. Say, Father God, thanks so much for sending Jesus. God, for giving your best. God, I realize that uh, this church is generous. These people are generous, not because of who they are, but because of who you are. And so, God, I want to be generous, too. I'm going to give myself to you. I recognize that you are a Savior, that you've died for my sins. And I just want you to have my life, and I want to serve you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, come on up. Let's be the generous church. Give it up for those who came to Christ today. Let them know you love them. Man, I'm excited for what God is going to do in this season. And I just want to encourage you today, if you prayed that prayer, today is not the end of a journey. It's not the end of 2020 for you, but this is the beginning of an incredible journey as you take your next steps with Jesus. So I would like to invite you to get out your phone, text RLNEXT to 97000. We'd love to share with you in this day, sharing you with your story of how Jesus is changing your life and connect you with some awesome resources as you take your next steps on this journey. And what an encouraging way to end 2020. 
2020. It's been a crazy year of ups and downs, but I'm so encouraged as I've heard these stories of life change, the way that your generosity has made a difference in the lives of so many in our community and around the world. But I am so encouraged because the best is yet to come. This is the end of 2020, but this is truly just the beginning of our heart and our mission to see people discover real life and purpose in Jesus. Um, this is just the beginning of us reaching our purpose. And so I'm so excited to see how God calls you to partner with us in that. But our purpose is to connect unchurched people with Jesus until, and get this, this is so incredible to see how God continues to put this together, but until revival moves our cities, hope restores communities and all generations find their life and purpose in Jesus. Man, this is what we do. This is what you do when you partner with us. And so with your help, we know we can make an even bigger difference in 2021. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that purpose we have. And our vision for this year is to mobilize the church. Like if we're gonna have a battle cry for the end of 2020, which is like these four days, okay? And then have a battle cry for 2021, like what's everything going towards? What's the vision of 2021? It's to mobilize the church. And I believe we're barely scratching the surface of what Jesus wants us to do through real life. Especially when it comes to digital or digital campus. Uh, the people are reaching online. People are hungry for God. And where are they at? Social media, right? They're seeing our content. And I believe we're barely scratching the surface. And so we have some bold goals this year. Uh, we want to increase our social media presence by 300%. We want more people coming to Christ online than ever. And you guys get to play a part of that. Uh, we're asking God for a space that we can tenant finish. We're asking you guys to be generous towards this heart for the house giving moment uh, that we can tenant finish a multi-use space. Main purpose is for our digital campus uh, that we can keep uh, high quality film, we can leave our stuff set up and we can reach people that would never show up on a Sunday. And uh, maybe if you miss on a Sunday, you can still connect with us. And so this is an amazing thing that's uh, just God has brought to us this year, but we want to just accelerate that. And so we're going to use this space for filming, uh, worship practice, uh, potentially youth group. If we get a space large enough, we'd love to have the youth group meet there. They've been bouncing through houses, which I think is a great place to have a youth group, but it'd be great to have their own space as well. Uh, we use a space for life groups, offices, uh, different meetings and different things and have a physical presence in our community for the first time in three years. And so I'm excited about this and I hope you get behind this. Uh, we kind of estimate the tenant finish and it's a total guess not knowing the space, but it's gonna be somewhere between probably 20 to $40,000, just depending on what we get into. And so when you guys give for the heart for the house, you're giving to help finish that space so we can make a difference and mobilize the church in this season. Another way we'll mobilize the church in this season is by creating and multiplying and really developing and deploying more leaders. Uh, we have a, a goal to have a hundred leaders be sent out in the next two years. We wanna bring up leaders in our church that can serve the cause of Christ. The way we do that is just by increasing capacity. We talked about earlier on this in this in this month, but the number on their back getting bigger, we wanna help them get there. So if they're called, if somebody's called to serve Jesus and loves the local church and they wanna do more for God, we wanna bring on some interns. So we want two or three interns this year that we can invest in. Uh, they'll be able to sit down with me, other leaders on a weekly basis. That we'll be able to develop them, encourage them, build them up, and then give them hands-on practical ministry experience by apprenticing in different areas of the church and be developed and move their capacity up and have them released to serve as leaders in the church to carry the cause of Christ forward. That's what this heart in the house is going to do. It's going to move the needle. And so when you guys give this, it makes an impact. So what I want you to do is to bring your best one-time gift. What is your best one-time gift? And I'm not going to give you a number. I don't know. I'm just asking you to ask God. 
just ask God, just prayerfully consider it. And can I encourage you that the first number you come to is your number, <laughs> okay? And then you gotta pray about it. And you gotta talk to your spouse. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and then you gotta pray about it. And the second number you come to is the number that God has for you. And just be faithful to give whatever that number is in this season, because this is what we do. This is who we are as the church. And you move from being a part of something else to part of us, because this is what we do together. As a leadership team, we've already seeded this giving moment. We've already given $10,000 towards Heart for the House uh, to seed this giving moment, to, to, to really just let you know that we're behind this, we believe in this, and we're going first. And we want you guys to come in beside us and come in and just say, you know what, God has moved me. I want to be a part of this and unashamedly invite you to be a part of what God's doing here at Real Life. You know, all of us partnering together, this is an all skate moment. You may think, well, I don't have a lot to give. Well, give what God has called you to give. Whatever it is in this season, I just pray you're open-handed because we are generous. This is what we do in this moment for the heart, for the house. And let me encourage you, there are a few ways that you can get connected to being a part of this moment of generosity today, even right now. First, you can go to our website, reallifechurchkc.com. You can click give, and that will take you to our giving page where there actually is a drop-down box if you want to partner with the Heart for the House offering that we're taking today, um, or the Heart for the House generosity, then you can designate that there and give that way. You can also text any amount to 84321, and that is going to connect you on your phone to our giving platform to be able to connect with generosity here at Real Life. And even though we're not meeting together today, you can actually fill out a check um, and drop it in the mail and you'll find our address to send that to on our website. So you can connect with us in generosity in that way. But we can't wait to see what God is gonna do through you, through all that he's called us to individually and together. And I am just so excited for all that is in store. Let's pray as we lead into another moment of worship. God, you're so good. And we just thank you for what you're doing in our midst. You're an incredible God, and you paved the way for us with generosity. When all looked bleak and hopeless, God, you gave. You gave your son to us. He came to earth as a baby. You gave him on the cross for ourselves. For You sacrificed so much for us. And so this is just a small way that we can partner together with your heart to give back, to be a people of generosity. And I just pray that as we come together in this moment, that we would just be believing big things for how we can make a big difference in our community and our online presence. Um, and through the different things that you've called us to, God, we want to be open-handed with everything that you give us so that we can say that your will will be done through it, God. We love you so much, and we're just blessed to be a part of real life, blessed to lead here. Um, and we love you for what you're doing in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. in this place 
man, God is a way maker. God is a promise keeper. And I know that is the, those are the promises that we rely on, especially in a year like 2020. And I can't wait to see what God does with your guys' sacrificial giving and your generosity after hearing this message. And just being a partner with God while he's on mission and we're on mission with him in our community coming up in 2021. So I can't wait to do I can't wait to do ministry with you guys in 2021. I want to invite you guys out for next week at 9:30 and 11. We're going to be back in person. We're going to start a new message series called Warrior. So I can't wait to see you guys there. And as always, I want you guys to remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. Happy New Year guys and goodbye 2020.